welcome to Fearless Podcast. I'm Mike. This is Orlando, and we're on episode, I believe, 242. Yeah, it's crazy. This is obviously a different episode. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube right now, or maybe even listening to the audio, you probably recognize it doesn't sound like our normal, because uh, we are not in our studio. We mentioned our last studio episode, and if you watched our Monday drop, that video was the last video that was recorded in there. And, uh, and now we are setting up our new studio. But in the meantime, I'm in my car. Orlando's at his new place. You got a new place, man. What's up with that? Uh, well, you know, it's, this is actually our studio right here. It just, there's, we've done nothing to it. Um, so I, I feel like I'm going to take over the podcast, but so much has gone on and I'm sorry that I have not been on social media in five days. I think this is the first time in three years that we have not posted consistently. So my apologies for that. I will say every waking moment outside of packing items that sold has been to moving mm. just for five straight days. So uh, last Wednesday, I found a place and out here, I had mentioned before, it's, you know, the real estate market is crazy high, but the rental market is just as bad. So you may have like 30 people trying to apply for one place. Yeah. And so luckily at this place, I didn't know that there was a rule that you're supposed to like check out a place first and then apply. I applied before I even checked it out because I knew it was the place I wanted. And so they contacted me and they're like, Hey, have you even been out there? I'm like, no, I just thought I really want this. They're like, that's kind of weird that you applied without seeing it. I'm like, no, it has everything I want. And they're like, well, why don't you stop by this afternoon? So I stopped by this afternoon, that afternoon. And uh, yeah, it was everything. So um, got a lot. So I haven't been thrifting. I haven't been sourcing. I haven't been posting on social media. I, now, here's a crazy thing. In the midst of all that, I had probably one of the best eBay sales weekends since Q4. Ooh, so that's like, a, that, that might be uh, the proof that the algorithm isn't exactly a set in stone thing, huh? I don't, you know, it's weird because I have not listed in days. I've actually been sh- late shipping items uh, just because, you know, I have to like locate some stuff is in the storage unit, some stuff is at my old place. Some stuff is on the property now. And so it's, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, I guess people buy when they see things they want, right? So had a lot of good sales. Um, it was a pain to stop and pack everything. And like, we forget how much, it's a good problem to have. I'm not complaining for good sales, but we forget how much time consuming packing can be, especially if you don't send it out the same day. So I'm used to same day and I let things go from Friday to Monday. And man, I had so many packages to pack on Monday. And uh, I don't know if you can tell, but I'm extremely exhausted. Uh, I'm in pain. My both, both my knees are shot. I have hip, I mean, I feel like an old man right now. Um, so it reminded me of something. So I want to, we'll talk about this later, but you know, reselling is a very active thing, right? It, it's uh, whether it be from the basics of if you're doing like regular garage sales or thrifting, like that, that takes energy. Right. And then if you have a lot of inventory, getting that inventory, right. Can take energy, right. If you have a tote set up, if you have a warehouse. So it really got me thinking about like, what if I couldn't do this? Right. What if, what if something like right now, like I actually hired movers to come in tomorrow because I'm just, I'm done. I I cannot do anymore. I just, I just can't. And, uh, you know, I always, I want to encourage everyone to just think like if you're in your twenties, I would say whatever, but still you never know. There's always that black swan event. Right. I mean, I mean, I even think of like crypto, we were talking about crypto two weeks ago and how great things were. And then all it took is Elon Musk tweeting a six letter word indeed. And the whole crypto market dropped Bitcoin dropped by, you know, 20% within hours. Right. Or reselling, right. Something can happen. We go offline. Like you always got to think about having multiple, and we talked about this, but having multiple streams of income or multiple ways to make money uh, just in case anything were to happen. I think this move made it a real reality because I was like, I can still take care of things and I can still pack and ship, but man, what if I, what if I couldn't, what if I got injured? Right. And I haven't, I've been three years solid full time. No health problems have been great, but you just never yeah. know. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's one of the things when you're, you're kind of self-employed, you're an entrepreneur. Uh, there's a ton of benefits that come with the freedom of being self-employed. There's tons of benefits that come with the freedom of being an entrepreneur. 
there's downsides, right? Like we talk about some of the deferred income that you have when you work a nine to five, things like 401k, right? You can do that on your own through entrepreneurship by putting into a 401k or a, an IRA on your own or investing your own. Uh, but things like uh, paid leave and uh, even even uh, workman's comp, things like that. Like if you got injured, if you were trying to pick up a big box to ship something and you, you threw your back out, well, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of on your own. Like this is your business. It's a, it's a sink or swim thing. And so um, I think, I think that's important to be real about the fact that there are, there are tons of positives, uh, but it's not all positives. Otherwise everyone would do it right there. There comes some negatives with it. So you do have to be aware of potential black swan things that can happen. And, and the thing is like, I love, I love uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave Ramsey's thing of like, you know, when your car breaks down, that's not an emergency. Right. Or like, like, cause honestly, you know, those things are going to happen. Like things only last so long, like, well, Christmas obviously is never an emergency, but you know, your car breaking down, you should be putting money aside for that. Cause eventually you're going to have to replace the tires. You're going to have to replace the brakes. Those are, those are normal things that happen. And so as an entrepreneur, you've got to be kind of preparing for that in a lot of ways. You have to be diversifying your income, finding other streams of income and making sure you're not stuck in a place where you're, you're, you're just screwed if you if something bad happens yeah no it just it just reminded me of that you know and also reminded me of don't take on more than you can handle you know just like this move i thought <laughs> i forgot that i lived somewhere for 13 years plus during the 13 years i accumulated accumulated over 2,000 items in my ebay store right so i find it it's funny because mike texted me he's like how's the move going and i said i haven't even touched the storage unit Right. So that alone. Now, the beautiful thing is about this new place is I'm going to have li- different living spheres. So all my eBay stuff is going to be in eBay rooms. All my living space is going to be free of any eBay stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be great. And, you know, I mentioned, I, I might drop a video about, you know, having stuff at the top of my kitchen cabinets or having stuff in my bedroom, like all that's going to be done uh, with this new property. Now, I mentioned this on Instagram. Did you catch the Instagram story when I put the couch, my ugly couch? So I don't think so. That, so I had last year, I, and I mentioned this on podcast, I, I've been running lean for like a long time. And so much so that before COVID, I almost dropped, I think it was like a little bit over 2000 on a whole like couch and recliner and all this furniture. And then since COVID was happening, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to need this. Who's going to come over anyways? So I invested that money and, and that money turned out to be more money because at that time, you threw your money at anything, you pretty much were going to win anyways. Yeah. So I've had this really terrible couch, really terrible couch. And it's kind of weird because with this move, you're able to see, I'm, I'm able to see the potential of what can be done with reselling. You know, I was able to take that money and invest it. And the reason I am, I'm able to move where I'm moving right now is because at that time I was able to invest that capital and I'm in a better place. Now. On top of that, man, I got to tell you, it was weird buying brand new things. Now, I will say I did get a new couch. It was a $3,500 couch, but I paid $1,100 for it. Now, it, it is the couch of couches. Like, it is amazing. It's beautiful. That's the reseller way, right? Is you, uh, it is. you pay full price for anything? No. Well, what was, what was great about it um, was that when, when I had... Hold on. I'm trying to fix the audio here real quick. Can you hear me okay, Mike? Yeah, I can hear you. Just okay. I lost you for a moment. All right. When, when it reminded me of there's two mindsets, right? You can have this mindset that you're going to spend money to keep up with the Joneses or you're going to spend money until eventually you have the money to buy something. Right. And the reason I was able to buy this couch. So this couch is, I know this is is a reselling podcast. So this deals with reselling. Okay. It's to the nines. It has, you know, three electric recliners, USB ports, like top green leather. Right. So the person I bought it from was trying to end their payments on it. And they just wanted to offload it. They're paying a hundred a month. Think about that. A hundred a month for a couch. Did they, did they get it on? Uh, did they get it on credit? Yeah, they bought it on credit at the furniture store. Do you remember those uh, stores? I don't even know if they still have them. I remember where I grew up. I can't even remember what they're called. They're basically like oh, rent, rent, rent to rent own. Yeah, and those like, still around. Are they like? I just. And they're usually in the poor neighborhoods. 
That's yeah. what's terrible about it. Well, and that's the thing is like those kinds of things, like, you know, it's a bad financial investment and they end up kind of preying on the people who don't understand the, the negative side effects of those things. Right. Like even, even like payday loan places, like I've mentioned before on the podcast, like I remember, I remember my parents going to one payday loan place to, to get money so they can go pay the other one back. Right. Like you end up getting in these cycles and yeah, when you, if you're buying something on, on credit like that, like a couch, you know, as opposed to like you've done and just make an older couch work for years and then just put $30 a month aside until you can buy the one you want. Mm -hmm. So basically, you know, <laughs> I did some negotiation. She didn't like it that I was trying to negotiate, but she had put in her ad that it was negotiable. So how am I not going to negotiate? But the crazy thing is, is she basically leased this couch for two years. The couch is brand new. I mean, it is flawless. So she paid $100 a month to sit somewhere. Now, I guess if that's where you spend a lot of your time, I guess maybe it's worth 100 bucks a month. But it reminds me, once you're a reseller, you're never the same, right? You're always looking for the best deals. You know, I, I, had, I had to drop a decent amount of change on a refrigerator. And through hunting, I was able to find one that was several hundred dollars cheaper, but the same model, right? Same with the washer and dryer. Anyways, again, things that would not have been possible if it was not for reselling for two reasons. One, and the capital that I was able to have to be able to make those purchases. But two, you become very sophisticated after being a reseller for a while of being able to find the best deals and be able to negotiate. Right. And so, so it was a good reminder to me. I mean, it, did it hurt? I did pay retail for my appliances though. I did look for the secondhand stores, but I just was like, what if something breaks down? Like, I don't know if I want to deal with that hassle, you know? So I let it go and I just, I dropped the money. But um, again, that's after running lean and using the same refrigerator for 13 years. Right. So I want to, you know, I, I think, I think one of the problems with, with uh, Instagram and social media is there's even in the reseller space, it's very much that like everything you have should be to the nines. So even if you're just starting, there's a reason why people start reselling. And most of the time it's because they don't have money or they're trying to make money. But they still feel the need to live up to the Joneses and have the nicest furniture, have the nicest appliances, have all this good stuff when they're not even in that place yet. And so, you know, I want to encourage the people that are running lean because I think running lean is the way to go until you're finally able to do those things. And so, anyways, that's my two cents. Anyways, what's going on with you? You've been going to garage sales. You've been going to thrift stores. Yeah, man, of course I have. I was just thinking with your move, though, uh, doing so much of yourself. And I get it. I've done uh, when I've. The last two moves I've done is basically just me and my wife doing the whole move ourselves, even moving our eBay stuff this last time. And uh, it's funny because I saw like a meme on Instagram that was like, you know, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. I don't want pizza and beer to help you move, right? Like hire some movers, you know, because, you know, when you were younger, it was like people could just say like, hey, come over and help me move and I'll buy you pizza. And it's that was. Cool. Oh, yeah. I remember those days. But now we're, we're like one of the nice things about, again, kind of being further along in, in your life is. The idea of me, and of course, like if you needed my help, you're like, hey, I need you to help me move this like big item. Like, you know, I'd help you. But the yeah. idea of like, for me at this age to like ask all my friends as if I was still in college, like, hey, I need like 10 guys to show up this morning and I'll buy you pizza. Whereas like, I should be far enough along in life where I can say, hey, like I can either do it or I'm going to hire movers, you know, like that's, and that just shows like the progression. I think it's the same with reselling. Like you, you start off and you're running lean and you might need the help. You might need all these things, but then you get to a place where where it doesn't hurt to, to buy the movers. It doesn't hurt to buy the nice stuff. And that's the thing is like, if you can't buy something without it, and if, and it's an easy thing, like I've, this is money that I've been saving. It's not going to hurt me. I'm not going to think twice about it. Then you should be saving more or doing something different with your finances. Right. Like that's such a, it's a, a thing that's hard for a lot of people to understand is again, like, yeah, you, you said, keeping up with the Joneses. That's so common for us to want to do when, Honestly, a lot of rich people are fine just wearing denim jeans and a t-shirt and walking mm -hmm. around. And if they want to drop $5,000 on a suit, they can do it. No problem. But a lot of times people who are middle-class or poorer decide that they want to spend tons of money on clothing. And it's like, not even, not even rich people are spending that much on clothing, you know, and unless they're, yeah. unless it's a one-off thing. And it's like, yeah, I don't really care. It's not that big of a deal. So that shows like if, if you care that much, then maybe you don't have the money to, to actually afford it. No, I, I agree. And I know this is totally a different podcast, but this is just the space I'm in. I'm, I, you're, you're right about the movers thing. It's that 
you do get in that stage in life where your time is very valuable, right? And and this move has gone on way further than it needed to go. I mean, granted, I'm only in day five of this move, right? And usually people take a month, but I had to move quick. But, you know, it's interesting. I, I The two guys I hired the other day, I had this massive tread climber. I don't know. So tread climber is like a, it's a treadmill, but like the, the two little, uh, the belts, they move up and down. So like you're climbing and it's a beast. I mean, it is, I don't know how much it weighs. And I could have spent eight hours. I could have had Mike come over. We could have been super frustrated figuring out where do the screws go? Where do you want to do this? Maybe we could hit this angle. Maybe we could go this angle. And then we could be all sweaty and lost a bunch of time. And I hired these two guys and literally 15 minutes, they figured out and it was in the moving truck. Right. And, and I saved myself that time to do other things. And so I a hundred percent agree with you that like you, you get to a stage where you, you make choices uh, that sometimes it does cost a little bit of money, but if you understand that time is money, it's maybe it's worth spending that money. And then that's what I'm doing tomorrow because I just can't have this go on for too, too long, you know? So it's crazy. All right. Tell me about your finds. I'm interested about your finds since we haven't talked in a while. Yeah. And I mean, garage sales has been pretty good. Um, well, this last one was like a lower day. So, you know, some days you get, you know, thousand dollars plus profit other days, yeah. you know, my average days, like two to 400 bucks. It's like, okay, that was a really good day. Other days. It's just like, man, maybe I made a hundred, $150. Sometimes you go out and you don't get anything. So this last time, I think, I think I'll still end up getting a couple hundred dollars profit. Uh, but it was the nice thing is I came home and I'm looking at what I have. And I realized the best part was I, I didn't spend a lot, right? Like mm. I, some days I go out and it's like, I spent, you know, $250 at garage sales today. And yeah, I'm going to make a thousand dollars, but I've got to go replenish my petty cash and I've got to fill up my wallet again. And other days it's like, yeah, I probably made a couple hundred bucks and, oh, I only spent like $25 today, you know? So it ends yeah. up being an okay thing because the ROI is still there. And that's, that's really what you're looking at. And um, one of the cool things that I got, um, so normally I don't like going to garage sales that are, you know, it's Friday, Saturday, and I go on Saturday. Oh, that's the worst. Because you know, all the great reselling stuff has already been picked through. But uh, I went to one that I didn't even realize it was a Friday sale until I'm like listening. And actually I started to to buy stuff and the lady's like, you know what? Everything's on sale. Things were marked. They had marked prices on them. And she's like, we just want it gone. It, it didn't sell yesterday. So we're just trying to get rid of it. And there was a, like a Halloween, it wasn't department 56, but it was like a department 56 looking item, right? It's a Halloween one. And I looked up the comps and the comps are going for like 60 bucks on this thing. They had like a $10 sticker marked on it. I opened it up because I've been burned before by just buying them and not like actually looking and like pieces are broken off. And this one was in good condition, but it also had a baggie full of these like little miniatures that were uh, for the same series, I'm assuming. Uh, but each one of the little characters wasn't part of this, this set, but like they had individually marked on the bottom of them, like $3, $5, $10, the whole big old bag full of them. And so when I walked up to the lady and I'm like, how much do you want for all of this? And she's like, you know, uh, I just want to go on. I think she ended up giving it to me for like somewhere between two and five bucks for everything. And I was oh. like, I was like, sweet, this is a deal. And once I realized that I spent a little more time looking at more stuff. So I'm like, Hey, you know, if they're going to be willing to like get rid of stuff at basically nothing. And I found a, and this is kind of, can you hear me? All right. Yeah. I'm good. Okay, so I found a kind of a, a, a Warner brothers. I didn't know what it was. I didn't even research comps on it. Like they had like a whole box full of like beanie baby stuff. And I found a Warner brothers in a baggie, uh, speedy Gonzalez, right? Like a okay. six inch little plush beanie thing. And I didn't look up comps on it, but I'm like, you know what? This looks cool. And this is different. You know, this is, this looks not like a beanie baby, right? Like it's, it, it's like a beanie baby, but it's not, I'm like, I bet it's worth something. I picked up that and I picked up a Disney like lunch bag and I picked up an old retro like eighties fanny pack. And I got home and I, I thought maybe that the, the, the little speedy Gonzalez thing would sell for five, 10 bucks, like whatever. Like I, I I basically got it for 50 cents or something, 25 cents. Yeah. And I'm seeing them going for like 40 bucks. And I'm like, oh. oh, sweet. Like this was a score actually, but there was a problem. So when I open my tote, so I like to keep when I'm driving, uh, I, I usually bring like one tote 
and then like a couple of bags. And so like, I can put stuff in the tote. Sometimes I have a box I can put stuff in and I open up the tote and there's like a smoke smell. Like, like cigarette smoke. That's the and I'm like, Oh no. And the fanny pack and the speedy Gonzalez reek of cigarette smoke. And I'm like, Oh no. So I'm like looking up, what, what can I do? Cause I normally won't buy things if they have a strong smoke smell. And I'm like, if this thing was only, I actually only checked comps for it because I was about to throw it away. I was like, it's not even worth it. Yeah. I'm going to make 10 bucks. I'm like, oh man, this thing sells for like 40, 50 bucks. So what I ended up doing is I, uh, I was going to set it kind of outside in the sun for a while, but it was, we had some rain and whatnot. So I took a big gallon Ziploc bag and I put it in there and I put the fanny pack in there. And then I took another Ziploc bag, a smaller one. I just left it open and I put a bunch of baking soda in there and I zipped it up and I left it for like three days. And I took it out. It smells great. I don't smell really? Anything. Yeah, it worked. And so um, I'm going to, I'm probably going to let it sit a little bit longer uh, just because I don't know if I can smell will like return at all. So I'm going to test it a couple more times. Uh, so obviously if it's something big, I don't know if I'd want to deal with that, but something small, I use quite a bit of baking soda and it pulled the smoke smell out and I probably will wait for a sunny day and just let it sit outside in the sun for a little bit too. Just a little bit of extra zap on it. But uh you know, it's a tip. So let us know in the comments below. Like, what do you guys do if you if you have uh, items like that? Um, do you have a tricks for getting smoke smells out or, or maybe little stains or things like that? Or you just toss it. It's not worth it. What do you typically do, Orlando? So I'm still in the learning process. And by the way, before we move forward, though, if you have not hit that subscribe button and that like button, make sure to hit that smash button, that smash button, smash that like button and hit that bell notification because we're always dropping videos. Even though we're in transition, we're still working to drop videos. So, and I do got to say thank you to Mike for covering for me for this last video drop. So hopefully I got a garage sale one dropping on Saturday uh, and it all goes well. Uh, so... I, uh, it's funny. There's a sun, there's a thing where you put it out in the sun. I've done that one before. Uh, and I just, I haven't, I haven't had luck lately. I have this Cleveland Browns jacket that I picked up for like 30 bucks price sells for over 150, but man, I, I haven't had any luck. I just, I, I was thinking about what you're saying. I'm like, how much baking soda can I grab and put it in a bag with a jacket? I like, I don't know. So yeah, get, get one of those, get one of those, uh, like, dry cleaner bags or like okay. a coat jacket like you can get and then put the jacket in there like on a hanger and hang it up and at the bottom of the bag just like tie it off and fill it up with baking soda and it, it should do the trick right because it, it sucks the odors out now that may or may not work with the jacket some people even like will rub it on fabric rub the yeah. baking soda on the fabric and then like vacuum it off and, and pound it off but uh but i mean if it's if it's worth it it might 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 be worth a shine, but baking soda is cheap, right? Or is it baking yeah. powder, baking soda? I never remember. It's baking soda. Baking powder is different. Yeah, that's right. for baking. Yeah, gotcha. <laughs> so, so all right. Now, I will say, you know, on, on my end, I did do a little bit of sourcing from, I call it the COVID closet. So, so last year, those of you that follow us on Instagram, I, I, I remember we, we had no inventory this time last year, right? Well, we had inventory, but we had no ways to source initially, right? Because we're like, thrift stores are shut down. There's no garage shelves. Like, what do we do? And I remember I had this closet where I just threw in all my death house stuff. And as a result of moving, I had to go into this closet again. And I seriously, Mike, I've not been in this closet since probably the summer. And guess what? There's hundreds of items that are not listed that were in there. I, I, found, I found three VCRs. I found like 20 remotes. So you're sourcing your death piles. Oh, yeah. This was, but this is a death pile I, I forgot about. So I was joking with the movers the other day. I seriously could probably be in an episode of Hoarders right now. Like, because... So my place, before I moved, like everything was shoved into a closet or a cabinet or you know, everywhere. Right. So, but I knew where stuff was, but now that I'm moving, everything's brought into the light and it just looks horrendous. And so there's a lot of items that I just donated trash. I was like, I'm, I'm never going to listen. So like, let's be real. There's no point in doing this. And there's other items. I was like, why have I not listed this? So I may not, I will go to garage sales uh, this Saturday, but outside of that, I don't know if I'm going to go sourcing until I sort through this because Here's, 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 here's how I know that reselling works. Because you can be a successful reseller and have a lot of junk that you never list. 
Like what other business can you have where you have a bunch of excess of stuff that you bought, you bought and you never sold, but you can still make money and still be in the profit, even though you never listed those items. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know if that's the best argument though, because I think, okay. I think what you're saying is, is you're successfully paying all your bills. You're successfully reaching your goals, but you're not as efficient as you could be. Oh, agreed. 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 Because what you're talking about is you're talking about like, basically dead, dead inventory that you're not making money on. Right. Like, cause businesses could do that. They can have stuff in the back that they haven't brought out in years and, you know, overstock and things like that, but you're just not running as efficiently as you could be. Okay. So maybe that's the case, but I was shocked. Successful, I mean, but not efficient. I mean, I mean, I had a jams world shirt in there. I had a vintage Adidas a tennis shirt. I had, I, I talked about the remotes already. I had some vintage Boy Scout stuff. I had, I mean, I had so much stuff. And uh, it, it kind of made me sad that, like, if it was not for me moving, I would have probably just ignored that for another year, you know? And so, so moving has caused me to be way more efficient about what I have. So, for example, um, I'm ordering a bunch of Z Racks. You know what Z Racks are? There's those, uh, there's those movable just hangers for clothing. Oh, right, right. Right. And so, you know, I, uh, I for the longest time, just threw them in my kids' closets. <laughs> and I would just custom skew like D closet, F closet, my closet, just so I knew. But now, you know, they're going to have their own custom skew label. They're going to be on their own Z-Rack. I mean, I, I'm looking to... I, I hate saying this because I always feel like I'm just... I, I just, I'm just a full-time hobby person that makes money, but uh, I'm trying to make it more business-like in the sense that like, I'm trying to make things a lot more organized, especially with the new space. It'd be a complete failure if I kept doing things the way I was doing them at my own, my former place. Cause this place, I, if I haven't mentioned, I have along with my bedrooms, I have two bonus rooms and a garage. So I have no excuse <laughs> for not having space. You know, and uh, hey, can I, can I also want to talk about something too is um, I think reselling is only going to improve this year. This is why. Two reasons. Man, we're getting off sidetracked here. Um, inflation is through the roof right now. I mean, not through the roof, but it's pretty bad. No, it's really bad. But I, I almost wonder if inflation is going to hurt resellers in the short term. See, I don't, I don't, the reason I say is this, is that it's going to hurt if you're not paying attention to what you're charging for things. Right. So if you're charging this, that's what I'm talking about. So like basically, cause a lot of times people are saying like a lot of people don't understand inflation. I mean, they understand the concept, but I hear people say all the time, like, Oh, milk's getting expensive. Uh, this is getting closer, getting expensive. And they talk about how things are getting expensive. Well, what's really happening is it's not that items are getting more expensive. It's that the dollar is becoming less valuable, right? Like your dollar is becoming almost worthless. Like, it, it, it takes more of them to buy the same thing. Like when you hear about countries where they're paying $500 for a loaf of bread, it's not because loaf of bread is expensive. It's because the, the, the value of the money they have is, is worthless. And so what I worry about is because everything else is going up. So it, it's hard, like businesses themselves, nine to fives aren't, they don't keep up with inflation, right? They, if you're lucky, you get the 2% raise every year, whatever, 3% raise, they say yeah. it's an inflation raise. But the problem is when we are in like, moving towards hyperinflation like we are right now, where it's just like money's just being printed like crazy. What I worry about is people are going to be, instead of spending $2 for a gallon of milk, they're spending $4 a gallon of milk instead of, so unless we all raise our prices to the same, we might be getting like, Hey, sweet. I sold this jacket for a hundred dollars, but that hundred dollars buys us a lot less. Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, I see your point. But what I, what I was leaning at was I've raised my prices and my stuff is still selling at the raised prices. And even at the race prices, it's far cheaper than anyone ever paying retail. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I even, you know, when, when I drop money on appliances this time, I dropped money right now because I knew that I know that in six months, that stuff could go up 25%. Right. Well, what I worry about is, so I think you're right. Like raising prices. I mean, that's, that has to be our solution, right? Because if, if, if a dollar buys me less, if I can, if the amount of things that I have to buy just to survive food, gas, that stuff is gone up 30%, right? My, my income has to go up too. Otherwise, right. but what worries me is I think it's going to take a couple of years 
one, I mean, it takes businesses a long time to catch up. Right. So like in the sense of, if you got a salary, if you're making $50,000 a year, they're not going to say, Hey, everything's 20% more expensive. Now the value of the dollar has gone down and we're going to give you a 20% raise this year. Right. Like you're not getting that. But I, what I worry about with reselling is I recognize I've got to charge five, 10, 20% more on items in order to get the same value as I was getting this time last year. But the problem is if I realize that and several resellers do, but most don't, and most people aren't raising their prices, basically it's as if everybody else just dropped their prices significantly. Yeah, no, competition is going to be harder. Yeah. But you know, what I see in all this is that I, I think and again, if you're listening to the podcast, I strongly encourage you to raise all your prices. I would say by at least 10%. Remember, you always have the best offer function, right? And if people aren't happy with that price, you can always, you know, take, you know, people can always let the market direct what you sell an item for. But, but on top of that, you know, you, you, have the whole, you have the whole idea that in this market, people are not going to be able to pay for retail. I mean, if... I'm looking right now, like even in California, like the price of everything has gone up. The price of milk, the price of gas. I mean, everything. Lumber. But if the re- oh, love, yeah. Let's not even get mentioned to that. I mean, I even consider building a house and they're not even, there are some places that aren't even giving you a bid. No, they're not. There's a, that's why house prices are so high right now is because nobody's building. They're not building houses unless they're already been contracted. Like we bought our shed. Luckily, I mean, it's getting delivered in just a little over a month now but the prices on them are going to skyrocket. And, and that if we didn't already have that contract, there's no way they would give us the shed. They gave us at the price they gave it at, right? Like yeah. today they wouldn't do it. Like they, they probably are building that shed in their like prefab place. Just like angry as can be like, I can't believe <laughs> we're basically giving this one away. Right. They're losing money on it because they have, they're contracted. They have to, but yeah, I mean, they're just not building stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's a crazy time we're in. I, I think the hard part is I think we do have to raise our prices. I just think, so maybe the, the good thing is, so we got to figure out how to make inflation work for us, right? So if it's, if it's the case that in the next year or two, shoes that we're selling used are going to be selling for 20% more than they are right now, just because that's just inflation has gone up that significantly. I'm just saying hypothetically, then we can almost bet against it right now. If people are selling their things for the prices they're going for now, you could almost bet against the inflation by eBay sourcing because people are selling things too low because you know that that value is going to slowly creep up over time as resellers recognize we can't sell this at this price. So you can almost, it's almost like betting against it in the sense, like one way people will bet against um, uh, inflation is uh, in buying property that take out loans, right? Like if I knew for a fact inflation was going to be 20% over the next two years, I'd gladly take out a hundred thousand dollar loan because that loan is going to be worthless in two years. You know, like the $100,000 won't be as much as it was back then. It's basically like they gave me free money. But we can do that in reselling in the sense of if we can buy things from the people who haven't realized they have to rise their prices, because once people realize now I've got all your inventory that you sold 30% too low. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, that's, that's a, <laughs> I didn't even think about that point now. I really wish eBay had like an inflation feature. Or like when inflation hits, you like hit it and it raises all your prices by 20%. Like that'd be beautiful. So EB, if you're listening, put that inflation feature on there. Now, one item that has not uh, inflated too much in price and is still a great deal is American Bubble Boy. So if you haven't checked out American Bubble Boy, uh, go to the link below. That lets them know that we sent you and you are still getting an awesome amount of bubble wrap at, I would say, non-inflationary prices. Now, I think the prices are going to go up a little bit over time just because everybody's prices are going to go up. But in talking to Joel and, and the owner of the company, um, they are really working hard to keep things as they are. And so if it goes up a little bit, it's still a great deal. Uh, so check them out, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. I've been using them consistently. Even what, during my move, it's been really easy. Uh, to get that bubble wrap as fast as I need it without, you know, having to wait more than one or two days for that quick shipping. So check them out again, AmericanBubbleBoy.com. Yeah. All right. Now, do you have any, did we go through all your random stories? Um, I mean, I got uh, maybe one more. So I talked okay. about the, uh, I talked about the smoke smell, which that was pretty interesting, but yeah. the other thing, the other thing that happened. So 
I, I find it happens a lot. So I mentioned a few episodes ago how I wanted those hatchets to do the hatchet throwing. And then like the very next <laughs> yeah. week that I went to garage sales, I found them. Yeah, um, That happens to me a lot. Like, I, I don't believe like I manifest things, but it's interesting <laughs> that like it just has happened that like things I'm looking for, I find. So I went garage sales on, on Saturday and literally the Friday before we found a, a website. So we're cutting like Netflix um, just because it's like, it's not a huge cost each month, but we don't use it that much. Um, you know, my son watches most things on Disney plus and whatnot. So what we did is we found a site called Tubi, which it has advertisements, has ads, but it's like tons of free shows and movies. It's like, we're just a way to save money, but we have to watch it on our phone. So I was trying to figure out a way to like get it to my TV. And so I was looking up different ways, different devices I could use. And uh, Google Chromecast is one thing you can use. You attach to your TV. You can basically local network Wi-Fi from your phone to it. So, so my son can watch stuff on, on the TV from my phone. And I'm like, yeah, these things are like 30 bucks. I don't know. I'll think about it. We'll see. You know, the phone's working fine. Then I was at a garage sale and I found two of them. The guy sold me two of them for five bucks. And I was like, oh man, this is sweet. So we tested it out, worked just fine. And then at the very next garage sale, um, I found a Raspberry Pi. So uh, Raspberry Pis are like little micro computers yeah. that you can do a bunch of stuff with. And this one was already set up as a RetroPie. So it had, I, it had uh, controllers attached to it, had a really nice HDMI cable, had the RetroPie in a nice case, and it had um, a USB stick attached to it. So I'm like, assuming there's ROMs on there. So I asked the guy, I was like, does this have like games and stuff already on it? And he's like, I think so. It was my cousin's he's like, but I don't know. Like, I'd hate to sell it to you and it not just, you could have it for a dollar. Nice. Right. It was sweet because the controllers alone are like 15, 20 bucks. There was two controllers, the retro pies, the raspberry pies. They're not expensive. They're like 30, $40. Uh, but I had a USB drive full of games. I mean, there's probably like 10,000 games on there. Now the oh. problem is I can't sell this on eBay because there's legal issues with, I mean, there's people like I could literally just make, there's people who do this. They'll, they I duplicate those ROMs. I mean, you can go on eBay right now and buy, retro pies where people have usb sticks with thousands of games on them and what you're really buying is all those games right but it's technically not legal it's a pretty gray area and i think it's like a felony to sell like to make and distribute those um but you know i'm gonna assume that that this guy legally bought all of those games and had a copy of those roms um so i'm not gonna sell the those games but i could sell the controllers i already have a retro pie kind of just a fun thing so it's, it's just interesting like you find things that you're looking for sometimes like not always there's some things that I'm, I'm looking for and i've never found but uh you know it's kind of cool that i found those dongles and that retro pie like right after kind of thinking about what some ways i can have some more entertainment in my house uh that's basically free yeah and listen again that's the reseller way right you may not have bought something to resell but you still save yourself money by finding something on the cheap so you can't beat that all right. Hey, before we get into our reseller topics, if you have been following us on social media. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. We are Pierce on Podcast. We are also on Clubhouse and Twitter as Pierce Cast. You can always give us a call 619-738-1170 at 619-738-1170 or shoot us an email at PiercePodcast at gmail.com. That's PiercePodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we are great for all of you that have subscribed to us on YouTube. Our YouTube is growing. And it's because of awesome people like all of you that comment, hit that like button, hit that bell notification, and make sure you are subscribed. And as always, thank you for all the reviews on iTunes. We are the most reviewed and the largest reselling podcast out there. Thanks to all of our listeners. So thank you. Uh, even when we're in transition like this, you guys are still loyal and still listening. And hopefully we bring you value consistently. And as always, thank you to all of you that are doing the buymeacoffee.com slash pure hustle. We are still on track to do that Zoom sometime soon. We did promise that we're going to make it happen. This move was unexpected. This move was not supposed to happen. So we're still going to make it happen. Uh, we just got to figure out the logistics and we'll make sure to let everyone who is a yearly member uh, to, you know, to notify them when that will go down. So thank you again. All our content is always free. This is just a side thing just to get to know us within the community. And so thank you to all of you that signed up to help us to make these YouTube videos and these podcasts. Again, buymacoffee.com slash pure hustle. Are right, you ready for some reseller topics? Yeah, it's that time.
Joseph podcast. Take it away. All right. So there's, there's a, you know, here's the thing. So Mike and I have taken up a lot of this podcast talking about our own lives. And, and, and so there's, there are things that are happening. A lot of them are more like, I, I think they don't directly affect us as resellers, but will indirectly affect us. So we'll talk about those, but there is one that does directly affect us. And I don't know if you heard about this, Mike, but it's interesting because you would have thought that by now, because of managed payments and everything that eBay would have finally forced people to buy something when they said they're going to buy it instead of opening up all these unpaid item cases. Instead, eBay now... Very interesting novel idea. Yeah. (laughs) Now, eBay is now, instead of doing that, is introducing a new cancel function for unpaid items, which I'm still, I'm happy about. I can't complain about that. So... So basically they said starting in May of 2021, you'll no longer have to file unpaid item claims or send payment reminders. Instead, when buyers haven't paid, you'll be able to manually or automatically cancel orders through Seller Hub or My eBay Sold. Your buyers will have four calendar days to pay for an item after they're committed to buy. We'll proactively remind them to pay. If they haven't paid within that time frame, you can cancel that unpaid order starting on the fifth of that calendar day. Now. On the one end, I'm, I'm happy for that. I think it's a good thing. On the other end, I just think it's giving too much time. Like four days and then by the fifth day, it'll cancel. Like, especially when you got a hot item and you're trying to move it and somebody basically has hijacked your listing by purchasing it and not buying it. So I don't know, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, of course you'd hope that they would have it set up the way they have it set up. Uh, or the way that we've talked about as far as if someone buys something, they buy it, right? Like that makes the most sense. Um, I, I get though the offer, like I think a lot of times like people don't know that when you send the offer, it's official. Like if somebody yeah. sends an offer and I accept it, like you basically bought it because a lot of people are thinking like the same way it is on like Craigslist or Facebook marketplace, right? Like I say, Hey, how much you want for this? And they're like, it's 200. And they're like, well, you take 160 and they're like, sure. And then you could still like, well, what does it look like? And does it have this? And I'll meet you here. And is it this version? Like after you decide on a price, you can still talk and negotiate. Um, and you haven't actually bought it yet. You haven't met up with them. Whereas like this, it's like, if you're just sending your feelers out and you're like, maybe they'll take 20 bucks for it. And it's like, oh wait, I didn't mean to buy it. I was just checking. Now, is that right? Like, I think huh. buyers need to be educated. They need to understand like when you place an offer, like this is an official, like I will buy this for this amount. Um, so, but I understand why, why some buyers are just ignorant to the fact that that's the case. Right. So I think sometimes it's not malicious that they're not paying. It's just a, a matter of maybe they were just testing it out. They, they didn't know. So I don't think that's every time, but I, I want to give the benefit of doubt that that's some of the time. So I could see why eBay has it set up this way. Now, if on the other hand, if when you did the buy it now, like there was a thing of like, which car do you want to pay with before you sent the offer? You know, like, how would you like to pay for this item? Again, there might be confusion. Like, wait a minute, am I already paying for it? Um, but that might, I don't know. So it would be great if it was just instant payment, but hey, at least at least there's something moving the step in the right direction. And another thing I noticed is there's been items where it, it lets you relist it, right? You don't have to start a new listing. It's just like automatically the items relisted. So uh, we're moving in the right direction. I, I think I think eBay has done a great propaganda campaign uh, because I'm telling you two years ago, we were promised this is done. And now we are slowly, and, and, you know, I, I also see the other side where it's like, do you really want a person that isn't paying right away and taking their sweet time to actually, do you really want to ship that item? Right. Because maybe that hesitancy and they're going to end up returning it. So there is the other side, but uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, it's like, it's the only platform that allows that. Like, I just, I don't understand. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Okay. Now here's one place I do believe eBay is making the right call. Uh, you know, I, I pulled this off for routers. Uh, eBay is tapping into the NFT frenzy, allowing sales on their platform, which we had kind of talked that they had mentioned that, but now it's now it's a reality. So let me read real quick from the, the router's news story. 
Um, but basically, you know, I mean, there, there's a few things you have to figure out, you know, how are people going to pay in crypto? Um, how is that going to happen? But again, the, the big win in all this is going to bring, number one, it makes eBay relevant. It keeps eBay relevant. Uh, two, it also uh, brings in a lot more business. And, you know, it's like any store, right? Why do you go to Costco to buy chicken and the chicken's at the end of the store? Because they want you to go and see all the things you want to buy, right? And with eBay, if people, you know, are going on eBay more, they may look for other items. So I think it's a win. So they said... Um, in the short term, an NFT inventory will be provided to sellers who meet eBay standards, the company told routers, adding that users can expect to see programs, policies, and tools in the future that will let them buy and sell NFTs across a broad range of coming uh, categories. In the coming months, eBay will add new capabilities that bring blockchain-driven collectibles to our platform. Yeah, and that's so, good. I mean, it makes sense because eBay has kind of always been known as the collectible place, right? Beanie yeah. Babies. Uh, cards, <laughs> right? We've gone from Beanie Babies to NFTs. Think of how much the world has changed. Yeah, I mean, well, in a lot of ways, that's kind of... Now, the way NFTs are being used right now, it's kind of like trading char trading cards or, or Beanie Babies. But I do see NFTs as being a, a future technology that's going to be used in, in all industry. Like, right now, if I if I buy, a, like, an audio book on Audible, or if I buy a movie on Amazon Prime and I own it. I can't just like give it to you, Orlando, and say like, here, borrow my movie. But if I have a physical disc, I can do that. I could say like, here, you can borrow my movie or sell it, right? Like I bought this movie, but I can't sell it. Like that's a bummer. But if it's an NFT, like if what you're buying, if, the, if all of the movies and music that we buy in the future are NFTs, then you actually could sell them because you have ownership of it. But whoever owns the copyright of it gets a little cut in that gas fee or whatever. Like they, they will always get paid like a 5% or 3% yeah. or whatever. So I think, I think that's a, it's going to be a, a technology of the future. So it makes sense that even if right now it's kind of crazy and silly and all over the place and nobody knows what it, what's what, and it's just memes being sold and things like that. I do think that it's smart for one eBay to jump on it while it's this crazy beanie baby collectible stage. But also if they build out the platform now, imagine if they, if they build this out, let's just say before Amazon does. And next thing you know, movies are being sold and, I heard of like, there's artists that they're planning on dropping their next album as an NFT. Like you literally will buy the music as an NFT. Mm -hmm. So if they already have the system in place and for once they're the ones that people are going to, to buy things instead of Amazon, that's a huge step in the right direction. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, to me, eBay is, is definitely thinking ahead. I mean, I could see Amazon dominating this market eventually, but the thing with Amazon, it's, you're right. It's not a collectibles place, right? Amazon is like, you get your everyday needs for, you know, you need, you know, you need a table, you need a chair, or you need toothpaste or you need food or whatever it is. But you know, when you're looking for that collectible, most people still are going to eBay. So I think I just, to me, I, I was, I was happy to see this. It, it also tells me that it, it'd be pretty awesome to be able to, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, Mike, Mike was ahead of the curve for years already. And Mike was trading crypto, like, I don't know, 2011, 2012. I don't know when you were, but yeah, not, not successfully enough to hold on to it. I was day flipping it. <laughs> I was day flipping Ethereum when it was like 400 bucks, right? Like 300 bucks. And one of them, like I got, uh, like, Litecoin and and I think it was like Ethereum Classic before they did their split. Yeah, I was getting like well under a hundred dollars, but yeah, I was just day flipping it for like a twenty thirty dollar profit every few days. And I'm like, man, if I'd have held on to that stuff, oh, oh, I don't want to think about it. Whatever. But but I know. But I think it's a good thing because now now we're gonna have another form of currency, which you know, to me, you know, it, it depends what is allowed, but it's going to also help stop some of the inflation, right? So if, if certain currencies or cryptocurrencies are being used, right, you're still going to get a good, you know, good value and good money instead of just, you know, an inflated dollar. So I think that's a win too. So, all right. So this new story I'm sharing and, it, you know, Mike and I, I don't think, as far as Mike, I don't think he does, but personally, we don't sell this, but, uh, uh, oh, you're talking 18, about adult content? The adult content now is being banned on eBay, including manga and comic books. So I don't think Mike's yeah. ever sold now, that kind of manga. The, here's the thing, though, with that. So I saw some articles. I, I was going to bring this up if you didn't. I, I, I didn't see what your list of news topics was. 
but I've seen some articles where people are just confused by the policy. Like the policy doesn't seem to be super consistent. Like you can still sell, as far as I know, like Playboys and Penthouse or like nude art, but certain things are considered so like a video game that's 18 plus only yeah. like yeah. you can't do. So it's like that one thing is being considered art, like a Playboy is considered art supposedly, but like a video game that's adult content is not considered art. Right. So it's kind of weird, like where they're drawing the line. Like it kind of seems like you, you got to almost do an all or nothing thing. Like we don't do anything that has nudity, right? Like that's where we draw the line, whether it's yeah. animated, it's cartoon, it's, it's like actual pictures, but, but they like where they're drawing the lines. Like for me again, like, I don't care. I don't. Yeah. But then how would you sell Renaissance art? You well, that's sell Renaissance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I, I'm, I don't, I don't sell this kind of merchandise, so it doesn't affect yeah, do me. Yeah. But yeah. I understand like some confusion. If you're like somebody who's like, wait a minute, like, so I can sell my collection of Playboys, but I can't sell this other thing because it's got, you know, this manga because it has some nudity in it. It's like, wait a minute, I don't understand the difference here. So it would stink if you were like, that's what you were trading in. Like, if that's if that's what you that was your market, you know, you're like, I'm I'm dominating this, you know, whatever market on eBay, and it's like, wait a minute, I can't sell this, but a Playboy can still be sold. Like, I think there'd be some confusion there, but I mean, I guess I understand you want to make the site more friendly. I think they should just do like, like how a lot of sites do like Twitter and things like that, where you can just turn on or off, like adult search allowed or no, you know, like safe for work or not safe for work. Yeah. I, I don't, the only reason I brought it up is because I know some of our listeners do sell certain things. And, um, at the same time, it's, it's one of those, again, you are beholden to whatever platform. Right. And so, you know, let's say one day they, they were to say you can't sell any more Harley Davidson, right? Because Harley Davidson now is Vero. Right. You gotta, you gotta diversify. You gotta figure things out. Right. So the only reason I wanted to bring it up was to, to have a discussion about, you know, understanding that like, unless you have your own website, uh, you're still, you still have to apply and bring the the policy, even if they don't make sense. I mean, there's a lot of things on eBay that don't make sense. I mean, selling, you can't say the word Velcro, right? You put Velcro on your listing, your listing gets pulled, right? Cause it's a Vero thing. You have to use, I think it's hook and loop, right? Or you can't say Gerber or you can't do any of those things. So, so always be aware of that, um, you know, again, I, I'm a family friendly guy. So I'm kind of like, whatever, if eBay wants to do that, I, I'm okay with it. It doesn't, it doesn't phase me. Um, but at the same time, there also needs to be clear direction. So I get that part too. So anyways, we're, we're going to leave it there. We just <laughs> leave it there now. Um, unless you wanted to add more to it. No, I, uh, not a topic I have a lot to add to. So. Yeah. We, we've reached our PG limits for the podcast. So, um, so this is something just to be aware of. If you sell on Amazon Prime, if you do FBA, uh, we already talked about storage limits. We already talked about, you know, inventory and all that. And now Amazon Prime is slowing down their shipping, it seems. The reason I say that there's been a lot of news stories out there about how Amazon is now, and, and this has been like the, I would say this was understood amongst a lot of Amazon sellers, but it gets kind of kind of fuzzy if you're a buyer. So, Mike, when you buy something on Amazon Prime, how soon do you expect to get it? Either uh, next day or two days is the latest. Okay, right? That's what you expect, right? Because that's why you pay the Prime. But per Amazon, let me, let me read you what Amazon says. So there, let me pull up the news store. Oh, I had the news store. Here you go. So Amazon, to them, this is on Amazon Help said, we're starting to hear the problem. Two-day shipping refers to transit time in business days. Once an order has shipped, we have missed the given delivery date for a recent order, blah, blah. So what they're saying is it's not from the time that you order the item. It's from the time that we actually ship it. Which but I mean, the nice thing is they show you on there typically like when it should arrive. Like if you order within the next three hours, it'll arrive by. So they kind of understand when it's going to ship. So yeah, it might be on the third day that you're getting it because it's like the time that you're ordering it. But I think what stinks is when there's been several times, Amazon's pretty good. I mean, if they're late, they'll usually, uh, you know, make things right if they need to. 
but um, it stinks when it's like, this will be delivered by Friday, you know, May, whatever. And then you order it and it doesn't come until like the next Tuesday. That's when it's frustrating because, you know, you buy things like, oh, I need this this weekend. Oh, this great. This will be here on Friday. So I think, I think most people understand two days means like two days from the time it ships and it might not ship today. It might ship tomorrow. But I, what I don't think people expect or respect is the fact that they can say this will be here by Friday and it doesn't come until the next Tuesday. Yeah. So just, just be aware. I mean, there's been people that have been affected. I've seen on social media, they use uh, app, not apps, but add-ons like payabilities. They get daily payouts on Amazon, which if your stuff is being shipped, you can get those daily payouts. But if Amazon is lagging, you're not going to get those daily payouts, which becomes a capital issue if that's what you're depending on. Also, it gives you an advantage on other platforms like eBay and Mercari, Mercari kind of, but definitely on eBay where like if you offer same day shipping and you offer priority shipping, you may be faster than, than Amazon, right? Because if somebody orders something from me, and it's before one o'clock, I'm going to ship that afternoon and drop it off at the post office. And they're going to get it in three days if it's priority mail, right? Unless, you know, the post office slows things down, which never happens. But, you know, for the most part, that's the way it's supposed to work. So just want to give people a heads up. All right. Hey, that is all I got for a <laughs> reseller topics. kind of light today. But hey, I, I do want to uh, share that... Uh, you know what I'm missing right here? I'm missing my skull shaver. And, and you didn't, you it, didn't pack the skull shaver. No, it's. And so long story short, I have not had hot water for two days because, you know, you move into a place and they forget to turn, turn on the water heater. I didn't know that was a deal. I didn't want to mess with it, you know? And I always, I like, I like, you know, I like putting the shaving cream and I like, you know, no, I like having that smooth look. So I kind of today after the podcast, I'll probably do that. But I got to tell you, the nice thing about the skull shaver is that no matter when at any time, right? I could have used it today, but this is only two days and it's still pretty good. It is such a close shave. And that's why I love the skull shaver. So if you haven't yet and, and you're looking at use something that's going to help you uh, shave better, because again, I made the mistake, Mike, I used the razor. And guess what my son said, dad, you have like spots that you missed. Had I used, yeah, the, had I used yeah, the school shaver, I would have been fine. So go to schoolshaver.com and use your promo code pure and have that clean close cut with the school shaver. Yeah. All right. So now we're getting uh, closer to the end of our podcast. So we got our next important section though. So you want to drop the music here? Yeah, bolo time. All right, so um, I'll go first with my bolo. So my bolo is something I missed while I was out garage selling and somebody a video. And that's one of the reasons I like these videos. Uh, I'm learning still. One of the things, like, so I've been out recording my garage sales and I've got, like, an action camera hooked up and it's I'm learning how to get the angles right because, like, if I bend over the wrong way, then I'm, I'm just recording my shoes or, like, behind me instead of the item. So... So over the next several videos, they're going to get better as I learn to you know, keep items in, in screen. But I walked by a Sony Explode or Explode. I think it's Explode mm. boombox. Okay. Now, in my defense, this boombox was playing music in the person's garage. It was at an estate sale. So I'm not sure it was actually for sale. But I looked them up and holy cow, these things are going like over $100, right, mm. for an old boombox. And obviously it was working because it was playing. Now, what I noticed with this is, um, I mean, at this garage sale, they were, or the state sale, they were giving things away for great prices. Like everything was like negotiable. So I probably could have picked up this, this boom box for five bucks. Right. Yeah. And I could have sold it for a hundred plus and I missed it. So anyways, it's a bolo. Now I know they've got a very distinct look. So imagine like an old boom box, but kind of like, new looking with a big X in the middle and they're like red and silver. Uh, they're very, very easy to, to, to spot now that I know what they look like. And yeah, so definitely check out, just type in X P L O D boombox and eBay. You'll just be shocked by the, uh, the prices that these things go for. 
And I mean, it's the new bows that I'm looking for, right? Like whenever I see bows, I know to look for it. I had no mm-hmm. idea to look for this thing. So now I know I'm on the lookout. You should be on the lookout too. There you go. Now, did you mention Olympic stuff for a bolo recently? Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it recently. This okay. Olympics can be weird, right? Like, cause there's a lot of, uh, of controversy behind it. Well, yeah, but I've had Olympic stuff selling lately. Like stuff that has been sitting for like a long time, like brand new with tags items, like they're selling. And so, you know, my bolo is any Olympic year. It doesn't have to be related to the summer Olympics happening right now. Yet, Despite the controversy, um, people are going to want to feel connected if they want to participate in the Olympics. And so if you have anything, if you have stuff from the 84 Olympics, 88, 92, you know, if you have any of those items, if you see any of those items, this next month may be the prime time to solo. So always do your research, always look things up. But I find that whenever my Olympic stuff sells, it's usually uh, right before those Olympics. They don't sell well. It's kind of like stocks, right? And crypto, it's like, you know, you, you, you end up making a lot of money on the rumor, but once the news hits, it's not that great. It's the same thing with the Olympics, right? So all the stuff sells well up to run up because people want to feel connected. They want to have something. So keep it out for Olympics here, especially the vintage stuff. Now it doesn't go for a lot. Okay. There, there's stuff you would think you're like, Oh, look at this 1984 Olympics have from, I think it was Los Angeles. Like it's going to go for a lot of money. Now it may go for 30 to 50 bucks for a, a mesh trucker snapback of that time in June. But after June, good luck. <laughs> like it, it's going to sit in your store for a long time. So if you have any Olympics up, definitely list it. If you see anything, I will get that listed quick and uh, hopefully you'll get some good Olympic sales from that bowl. Nice. I like it. All right, Mike, what are you looking forward to, man? I gotta tell you, I miss the studio, man. It's a different yeah. vibe being out here. Yeah, no, for sure. But uh, I mean, it's so good getting to talk. This is like the first time we've actually like face-to-face talked in a while. I know, I know. So it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, so I'm planning on doing some garage sales again. It's really tough right now with, uh, not having storage, like all my stuff is like being crammed in. It's harder to pull things, even sourcing, like it. And like, usually I could like let stuff sit out for a while and then take pictures later in the week. Now it's like, I, what I do is I fill up a tote and the tote sits in my, in my house, my fifth wheel until I take pictures of it. So it's like, I need to picture everything in this tote. The nice thing is it gets rid of death piles. Cause it's like, I'm not going to go sourcing again. Cause I've got to get this tote emptied out. So I'm going to take pictures of everything, put the tote back in my car and I'll go sourcing again. But uh, this Friday, I'm going to go hit up, or Saturday, I'm going to go hit up some garage sales. And then um, today, this drops on Wednesday. So my wife and I are actually planning on going. We're going to take my son. We're going to go to some thrift stores. We're going to record the thrift store uh, experience. And then I'll probably drop a video of that too. So I'm excited because it's actually been a long time since I've sourced with my wife. Hmm. And uh, it's really fun. And even sourcing with my son, uh, I kind of get a little grossed out sometimes with the toys he wants to grab at thrift stores. It's like, oh, no, you can't have that. Uh, but usually there's something he can find that I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You can have that. And it's like, you know, a couple bucks. So it's, it, it's exciting seeing a little kid excited about, you know, $2 toy. So yeah, nice family sourcing, man. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Not as efficient, not as efficient for sure, <laughs> no, no, but it can not. be. So like my wife will hit the girl section, right? Like my wife will go up and down the girl's clothing yeah. and I never look at girl's clothing. So she's going to be distracted with my son wanting to grab everything. So she's probably going to be running at like 20% efficiency rate. But even that, if she picks two or three items while we're there, Hey, that works. Yeah, no, I, I see. I hear you. All right. Mine's going to be the same old, same old. I, I just, I got it. So I have phase two of my moving. So by the time this podcast drops, I should be done with phase one. Uh, phase two is getting my storage unit moved out and onto my property, which the hard thing is I am contemplating whether I want to have movers because I have a lot of good inventory, you know? And so just supervise, man, just supervise. I know, I know, but you know, then they know where you live and I just, I don't know, you know me, I I lock my door. I live in the country now and I still lock my doors. Offer to pay some of my college kids at church or something, you know, that you like, you can trust. (laughs) That is true. That is true. That is true. But, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because I remember when I moved into that storage unit three years ago, and it was because I had a huge Toys R Us haul that I had, and that wasn't so bad. 
And now I look at how I look today. I'm like, I have so much stuff in here. And like, this is going to be a huge ordeal. Basically I'm planning on never moving ever again. So, so hopefully yeah, good can, luck with that. If uh, you're renting, that's a bummer with renting, man. I know, I know, I know, but that's a whole other conversation. Maybe one day the, the owner here will let me buy this property. So, um, cause I could, I could buy this. It's, it's, it's really, and by the way, if you're wondering, we'll, I will drop some YouTube videos in the future. Uh, once everything is all set inventory, how my setup is, uh, cause it's a, it's a different world. It is. We're going from me. I haven't shared this before in my master bedroom, having my calcing bed and having my full size photo booth for clothing and a tread climber to all that gone and having a room separate just for pictures and shipping and whatever else I need to do with reselling in a completely separate space. I mean, it's going to be beautiful. It's just, it's going to take a long time. It's going to take Good. a long yeah. time. Yeah. And just to add to our, what we're looking forward to, uh, over the next several days, I'll be over there, uh, helping get in the studio set up, man. We're going to get yeah. backdrop table lights, mics, all that stuff set up. So it'll be exciting to, uh, I feel like we've, if you look back at our old school videos, we've gone through a few phases as far as yeah. what the studio looked like. So this is going to be like uh, iteration, like uh, three or four, I think at this point. So it'll be cool. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be the purest of podcast compound now. I mean, that, that's what it's going to be. So it'll be awesome. All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Sorry, this was a little different, but I always want to be consistent and always want to keep it real. With that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant and be reselling. Please. Peace.